Hello and welcome to Voice of Restoration, a broadcast outreach of the Christian Brethren Church, bringing you Bible-based teachings from author and Bible teacher, Pastor Afolabi Oladeli. Our work as people who understand is not just in terms of the preaching of the gospel, but in the removal of the blindness that is afflicting the church and Israel. And as we recognize for Israel, we are also earnestly doing what? Praying for her peace. Isaiah 62 verse 1 puts it in another way. Quickly, please. For Zion's sake, will yes. I not hold my peace? I will not hold my peace for Zion's sake. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest. Until the righteousness thereof go forth as brightness. And the salvation the thereof. righteousness thereof. Until the salvation thereof goes forth. If we have not been praying actively for Israel, I'm showing you a course and what the word of God says in order for the fullness of what we are expecting to come, that we also may be partakers of what God is saying. Huh? So the reality of the spiritual warfare is that Israel cannot be defended just with tanks and planes, soldiers and intelligence services, or any other man-made weapons. The Jewish state must first and most importantly, be defended in prayers. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Isaiah 56, verse 7. Even them will I bring to my holy mountain. Yes. And make them joyful in my house of prayer. Yes. Their bond offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar. Mm-hmm. For mine house shall be called an house of prayer for yes. all people. Yes. The Lord God, which gathered the outcasts of Israel, said, mm. Yet will I gather others to him, beside those that are gathered unto him. Isaiah 51, verse 16. Because that way I will close the loop before I show this. Isaiah 51, verse 16. Yes? I will plan first of all what? I will plan first of all what? And then I will do what again? So you will see the two kingdoms now being fulfilled. The planting of the heavens. When the eternal God replaces the fallen angels and the fallen stars with those believers whom he has qualified and he has taken up. The word is in my mouth that I will plant the heavens as it is in heaven so will it be on the earth. And as I plant the heavens I will also do what? I will also establish the earth. That you may know the full cycle that I started with about the heavenly family, the heavenly council, and the earthly council. The finishing of it is what I've shown you in that Isaiah 51:16. That's God's ultimate plan. That yes, in the heavens, the council will be completed. But as many of you as will qualify. Isn't there something to hope for? Isn't there something to labor for? Isn't there something to just tighten your grip, 
tighten your loins and run this race that you may fulfill that which God has promised. Believe me, my brethren, in the same way as Israel faced making a choice in the days of the Lord, this whole world, after that the elect has been raptured, this whole world will have to make that choice between Jesus or the Antichrist. But it's a road that you can't come back from. That's the value of decision that, Paul, that Joel was speaking in Joel chapter 3. This whole world will face the same question that Israel faced in the days of the Lord when they said, Caesar is our king. The government house in number 666 is where that question will be asked for every man that falls into that road. No escape in terms of coming back. Where will you be if you have an understanding of where Israel is in prophecy and where the church is? I hope I've given you a glimpse of that. But just to close it, can I have prophecy updates? For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly to the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time, times, and half a time from the presence of the serpent. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Amen. Very interesting. That Even that last verse there identifies who the male child was. That has to be collective person because a, co a collective entity because then the dragon says I can't go and persecute those people so I'm going to go and persecute these people those people were raptured these people were left behind make sense so we talked about that will everybody get raptured will anybody get left behind in our last teaching called who gets raptured all right so this verse is pretty clear, but we're just going to uh, take the Revelation 12 sign of the woman in the sky and remind you again that there, it is called a great sign. No other sign in the Bible is called a great sign, a mega sign. What is this sign? A woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars. We have this alignment of the constellation Virgo, the nine stars of Leo, we have the three planets, Venus, Mars, and Mercury, all lining up on uh, September 2017. The last time that this happened, it was the 5th of August, 3915 BC. The next time it's going to happen, it's going to be the woman giving birth. Exactly at that time, the king planet Jupiter will exit the matrix or the womb of Virgo. That will be the 23rd of September 2017. And so as far as I know, I was the only one on YouTube who was saying that if 
this is going to be fulfilled next year, then we can count back nine months and there should be something extremely significant that will happen on that day. And it should happen to Israel because this sign is a sign of Israel. The woman with the, star, the 12 stars was the image that Joseph dreamt about back in Genesis. And he knew right away, his parents knew, his brothers knew that this was an image of Israel. And so as far as I know, I was the only person saying, count back nine months, you will get conception on the 23rd of December, 2016. Something major should happen to Israel. And so what has happened? Aligning with the conception, not the birth, which is next year, but the conception nine months before was UN Resolution 2334. This piece of abomination is Obama's last-minute ambush against Israel. A real slap in the face. He's got no power right now to do very much. He can't initiate foreign policy, but he just gave Benjamin Netanyahu, God's end-time prime minister, a slap in the face by getting the UN, and there's a lot of evidence that Israel says they have, that they got Ukraine and other nations to vote against Israel while they chose for the first time to abstain. This has never happened before. So you think about this. Since the creation of the UN, America has always vetoed these, you know, uh, negative uh, resolutions against Israel. But this time they abstained, they allowed it to go through, and this resolution called 2334 passed on the 23rd of December, 2016. Think about not only is it a political slap in the face, but think about the season in which he does this. The man says, let me say the man pretends that he's a Christian. And the 23rd of December is the beginning of Hanukkah. It happens to be the conception date when Jupiter enters the womb of Virgo. And it's our Christmas season. I mean, how unchristian, how un-dishonoring uh, of the Jews could it be to slip this kind of resolution in just before we all go into holidays. And you notice politicians do that a lot. When they want to slip something through that the people would not agree with, they like to use holiday time. Australians are the same. Our politicians are all crooked the same way. When they want to be crooked, when they want to do something on the sly, they do it the same way. It's a formula. It works. People are distracted. People are busy. People are resting. And so just before they go to their vacation, they slip something evil in. What does this resolution do? Well, by it, the U.S. and the world condemns Israeli settlement of the West Bank and implies that access, Jewish access to the Temple Mount, which we go to when we take tours to Israel, when we bring you to Israel in 2017, we want to take you to the Temple Mount. But I'm telling you, if you don't go quick, if you don't take the opportunity to go now, we may be denied. It may be prohibited for us to go and access the Temple Mount. It's a wonderful place to go because that's going to be the headquarters of Jesus' capital. He's going to rule and reign the entire world from the Temple Mount. That is why it's such a contested piece of real estate. God claims it. God gave the whole world to Adam. He claims a tiny piece of land. And that's the very thing that the devil is fighting for. So they're calling that Jewish access to these places um, is illegal. Now, John Kerry, this man aspired to be president before. Thank God he didn't win. He said, Israel can be Jewish 
or it can be democratic, but not both. What kind of illogical, nonsensical statement is that? Really, what kind of racist statement is that? Israel can be Jewish or it can be democratic, but not both. So he's saying that Israel must accept the two-state solution. And I have two perspectives on this that I want the Christian world to understand. First of all, if you believe in the so-called two-state solution, let me explain to you something. If you look on the map, the old map, map back in the 1920s, all right, when Israel was being divided, at that time they called it the land of Palestine, and they were figuring out a place for Jews to live, and all of that area belonged to the Jews historically. We have the Bible to prove that they were living there for thousands of years. And they took Israel, the entire Palestine, and they gave more than 70% and divided it to the Arabs, and they called that piece of Palestine Jordan. The Hashemite kingdom of Jordan is the present-day state of Palestine. It's where Palestinians went to live. Then less than 30% was given, a sliver of land was given to the Jews, and that's called the state of Israel. And not content with that, even though the Muslims have 600 times more land. If you look on the map, 600 times more land than the Jews have. And yet they're still debating over that tiny sliver of land and saying Israel must give up Gaza, must give up the West Bank, must give up even peace of Jerusalem. No other nation in the world has ever been held to the standard that Israel is being held to. It is just nearly impossible. And even though the Palestinians already have a Palestinian state and their flags look you know, nearly identical, the only difference between the flag of Palestine and the flag of the Kingdom of Jordan is one star. You know that, right? So they already have a state. And if they felt discriminated, if they felt persecuted in Israel, but they're actually more prosperous in Israel, they have more freedom, more democracy, but if they felt slighted and persecuted, guess what? They could do Aliyah to any of the nations that surround Israel. But you know what? Even those nations don't want to take the Palestinians. And Israel has at least 20% of its population as Arabs. And they get to live in a peaceful, prosperous state with Israel. But if Israel so much as builds a house in a place that's so-called Palestine, they say, that's occupation. Well, hang on. Well, who's the racist in this case? Why is it that in Israel, 20% of the population can be so-called foreign or different nationality, can be Arab, can be Christian, can be Muslim? That's okay. But in a Palestinian state, you dare not accept any Jew. So what's the problem? The problem is not Israel. The problem would be Palestine. Why can't you accept a diverse mix of nationalities in your country? Different races are allowed to settle in your country. Isn't that true? So we care about diversity and multiculturalism. Palestine is the problem, not Israel. Israel is diverse. Amen? There will be another clip after this, but I need to just say a few words here. What is important for me? A larger part of what he has said, I have already spoken to you. It is... That's September date of 2017. And the way he walked that back, the principle of conception and childbirth, all right? 
how he showed that conception period, the nine, ten, the nine month period, where you saw um, whatever the name of that star is that entered the womb of, of, of Virgo, and the birth of whatever was going to happen will be September. Walking that back, you saw the significance of that period of conception, which was the curveball that that wicked man called Obama threw at Israel. If God was so precise in speaking to what would happen at conception period, what is likely to happen at the type of the birth? It's a big question. I don't know the answer, and I don't want to guess. But I want to leave you with one single thought. The watching of Israel and all the things happening to Israel, they speak volumes of signs. Be ready, because you don't know what hour the Son of Man is going to come. I don't know what date it is, but what work he has given us to do, you better do, so that when he comes, he will find you doing what the Master says you should do. Don't be like that servant that was spoken of towards the end of Matthew 24, who, when the master comes, he found him doing what? Beating his fellow servants, drinking, and, 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 and doing things with those who are of the outside. Let's have that last clip. When I did my graduate studies at the Middle East Institute at Columbia University's School of International Affairs, I took many courses on the question of the Middle East conflict. Semester after semester, we studied the Middle East conflict as if it was the most complex conflict in the world, when in fact, it is probably the easiest conflict in the world to explain. It may be the hardest to solve, but it is the easiest to explain. In a nutshell, it's this. One side wants the other side dead. Israel wants to exist as a Jewish state and to live in peace. Israel also recognizes the right of Palestinians to have their own state and to live in peace. The problem, however, is that most Palestinians and many other Muslims and Arabs do not recognize the right of the Jewish state of Israel to exist. This has been true since 1947, when the United Nations voted to divide the land called Palestine into a Jewish state and an Arab state. The Jews accepted the United Nations partition but no Arab or any other Muslim country accepted it. When British rule ended on May 15, 1948, the armies of all the neighboring Arab states, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, Transjordan, and Egypt, attacked the one-day-old state of Israel in order to destroy it. But to the world's surprise, the little Jewish state survived. Then it happened again. In 1967, the dictator of Egypt, Gamal Abdel Nasser, announced his plan, in his words, to destroy Israel. He placed Egyptian troops on Israel's border, and armies of surrounding Arab countries were also mobilized to attack. However, Israel preemptively attacked Egypt and Syria. Israel did not attack Jordan and begged Jordan's king not to join the war. But he did. And only because of that did Israel take control of Jordanian land, specifically the West Bank of the Jordan River. Shortly after the war, the Arab states went to Khartoum, Sudan, and announced their famous three no's. No recognition, no peace, and no negotiations. What 
was Israel supposed to do? Well, one thing Israel did a little more than a decade later in 1978 was to give the entire Sinai Peninsula, an area of land bigger than Israel itself and with oil, back to Egypt because Egypt, under new leadership, signed a peace agreement with Israel. So Israel gave land for the promise of peace with Egypt, and it has always been willing to do the same thing with the Palestinians. All the Palestinians have ever had to do is recognize Israel as a Jewish state and promise to live in peace with it. But when Israel has proposed trading land for peace, as it did in 2000, when it agreed to give the Palestinians a sovereign state in more than 95% of the West Bank and all of Gaza, the Palestinian leadership rejected the offer and instead responded by sending waves of suicide terrorists into Israel. Meanwhile, Palestinian radio, television, and school curricula remain filled with glorification of terrorists, demonization of Jews, and the daily repeated message that Israel should cease to exist. So it's not hard to explain the Middle East dispute. One side wants the other dead. The motto of Hamas, the Palestinian rulers of Gaza, is, we love death as much as the Jews love life. There are 22 Arab states in the world, stretching from the Atlantic Ocean to the Indian Ocean. There is one Jewish state in the world, and it is about the size of New Jersey. In fact, tiny El Salvador is larger than Israel. Finally, think about these two questions. If tomorrow Israel laid down its arms and announced, we will fight no more, what would happen? And if the Arab countries around Israel laid down their arms and announced, we will fight no more, what would happen? In the first case, there would be an immediate destruction of the state of Israel and mass murder of its Jewish population. In the second case, there would be peace the next day. As I said at the outset, it is a simple problem to describe. One side wants the other dead. And if it didn't, there would be peace. Please remember this. There has never been a state in the geographic area known as Palestine that was not Jewish. Israel is the third Jewish state to exist in that area. There was never an Arab state, never a Palestinian state, never a Muslim or any other state. That's the issue. Why can't the one Jewish state the size of El Salvador be allowed to exist? That is the Middle East problem. I'm Dennis Prager. God bless you all. You are fully equipped in terms of understanding that you should be able to take your stand against all those who say that Israel should not exist. But you as the church, you have much greater at stake because your destiny is inextricably tied to the destiny of Israel. Thank you and God bless you. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time on another episode of Voice of Restoration. If you want further information on today's episode, please call 0803-3628-796 or visit us online at tcbc.org.ng. Thank you.